What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby, and these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Yes, indeed. Welcome into another edition of the Ballsy Podcast brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. I'm Sean Bass of The Ticket. Thanks for being with us this week as we talk Dallas Cowboys football as organized team activities are getting cranked up this week as we record this at the Star in Frisco. we got Kevin Sherrington in studio. And uh, on the phone line right now is uh, one of the beat writers for your Dallas Cowboys of the morning news. It is our friend Brandon George, who I run into quite often when I drop my daughter off at dance practice, and he's having coffee at a haunt there in Arlington. So good to talk to you, Brandon. Hey, good to be on. Well, uh, obviously we have OTA starting this week, and you know now that rookie minicamp has come and gone, guys have gotten their feet wet. Uh, just off the top, what are what are you looking forward to as a as a writer? Uh, for the next three days out at the ranch, or excuse me, at the star, not the ranch. Well, the big storyline is going to be Jalen Smith and what what the linebacker, second-year linebacker, can do. Uh, the Cowboys don't expect him to practice on consecutive days. They do expect him to be participating in practice, though, uh, this week. So that'll be the first time, really, he's practiced with his teammates. You know, he's coming off a severe left knee injury and uh, set out his entire rookie season. So it'd be interesting to see what he can do and what he looks like. He's still dealing with the drop foot. And that's something he's wearing the brace for. And will it really? No one really knows how well uh, you know he'll look as far as uh, his development, and also just how how much he's come, you know he's been 16 months since the surgery. So how how good does he look out there on the foot? And what can they expect from him? You know when the season comes around. You have seen him though walking around. You saw him out there at the uh, at the golf tournament, and and I believe you said that it looked like he was limping a little then, didn't it? Yeah, he you know he wasn't wearing the brace at the golf tournament, and you could see him when he took a step. It was like that front, that left foot was basically you'd see the dra- the top of it kind of drag the ground a bit. Mm. So you could tell that it was dropping in a you know an abnormal way, basically. So uh, yeah, it was something that that st- he's still dealing with. That, that nerve is regenerating, but it's just not a hundred percent, and no one really knows if it ever will be. And because we're so in the dark about the nerve and how it's going to regenerate, do you find it a little odd, at least I find it odd, that you've heard Jerry and Steven and even Garrett to a certain point paint a bit of a rosy picture about the status of Jalen Smith? Don't you think just you know, from a, a public, public, uh, public relations spin, you would say, hey, we'll hope for the best, and then if he actually can do something, then you know, you've lowered the bar, then, it, then he exceeds it. Do you, do you get, get what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying. That's just not Jerry Jones' approach. <laughs> well, sure, I mean, sure. Obviously, I mean, he's Mr. Optimism, and he always has been. And I think he, he paints the picture like he's the next, you know, Pro Bowl linebacker. And I just think that's, that's shooting for the stars here. I mean, obviously, no one really knows what this guy's going to look like. They do expect him to start a middle linebacker. And even saying that is really a lot. I mean, but he's, he's playing beside Sean Lee. Sean Lee's going to help him out a lot. But still, uh, you know, how far can he come back from this injury? You're, so you're saying that right now they expect him to be the starting middle linebacker? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, that is just see. I think that to, to you know, let's let's take another organization. Let's take the Rangers. And when they talk about Adrian Beltre, and they are asked incessantly about Adrian Beltre and when is he going to come back and how's he going to be, and Jeff Bannister always just says, you know, we're just going to we're 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 encouraged by what what he did today. He looked pretty good, but we're going to take just it day wait by day. Take it day by day. And not and this is about a guy who has not had a significant injury and who's already been a Hall of Famer. You know, I, I'm not saying that, you know, obviously, you know, Jalen Smith's, you know, skill set was such that, you know, people thought he was going to be a top five pick had it not been for that horrific injury. But now when you have that on, on top of everything, you know, I, and, I, and I wrote about this, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'm just – and, and, and I realize you know, Jerry's been around here a long time. We've all seen what he does. But it's, this just goes beyond the pale to me, to, to take a guy who's had this kind of serious injury and to hold him up and, and keep saying all these things about him and, and raising expectations so high, uh, I, I just, I'm just stunned by him. I guess I shouldn't be, but I, guess, but I am. <laughs> yeah, and the brace situation is interesting because you, know, you can't really find many players that have played with this brace. And so what level he gets back to, I mean, that's what, it's all a guessing game. And that's why to have these expectations for a player like this is really, like you said, it, it is kind of stunning. Well, if he plays well in the brace, you have a line forming to the left for people to sign up for this brace <laughs> if you can get back from drop foot. But I guess I guess we'll just sort of TBD and uh, wait to see what happens. Other Another issue that I'm looking forward to uh, heading into, uh, I guess especially once the preseason hits, is what they're going to do at right tackle because they, they go and get Lyle Collins in the draft for nothing. Uh, he supplants Ronald Leary. Leary takes his job back last year. He bolts to Denver. And we're seeing and reading reports that Lyle Collins has been working exclusively at right tackle in the offseason work. Uh do you feel like that that might be his permanent spot, or do you think they'll they're they're just giving that a, a whirl just to see how he reacts to it? Yeah, Lyle Collins told our David Moore that he has been working at right tackle in the off season, and that's something that uh, not a big surprise because I mean the talent level you thought this guy had, and but it, at the same time, you look at Chaz Green; they really wanted him to win this job. And the, the question was, you know, they really don't know what they're going to get from this guy as a third round pick two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been injured a few times, so he's he's going to have a chance to prove himself. He's going to get a shot. He is uh, Chaz is actually dealing with you know a back issue he had last year, so he's still dealing with that. But they expect him to practice, so it will be interesting to see how they handle those reps. Uh, you know, if Lyle is at right tackle, which is expected, you know you're going to have Jonathan Cooper, uh, you know, probably playing left guard. Is this more uh, an issue of Chaz Green's availability and ability as opposed to what they think is best for Lyle Collins? Yeah, I think I think it's a fair uh, assessment. I mean, when you look at Lyle, I mean, they really wanted to – they said all along through the offseason they'd like to keep him at left guard. And uh, now all of a sudden, you know, it's more talk about him playing right tackle. So I think it is more about what they don't have. Yeah, because I, you know, I heard early on that they always felt like he he just seemed to fit the mold of a guard more than a tackle. He's very aggressive, you know. He's very good out in space, mm-hmm. you know. When he on the when he's on the move, you know, as a tackle, he's not going. You're not being asked to do that as much. So you are going to be you are going to be out in space when you're when you're trying to fend off those edge rushers. Uh, but I think that'll be, uh, you know. I'm not saying that he's. Of course, Larry Allen did it. He went. On, he was all over the place except for center. But Larry Allen might have been the best offensive lineman ever. Yeah. So that, that, would, that would be my, my there, question. There, yeah, there is that. A little different level. Yeah. Brandon, this is the time of year I feel like every year when there's not just a ton going on, but stuff's on the horizon, and there's a lot of ink spilled on projects. 
and I don't know how much you've written about Rico Gathers, but you're seeing some headlines pop up talking about him because the obviously the tight end situation is one where even though Witten's been extended, he's a little long in the tooth. They didn't draft one. I'm, I'm curious your take on the progression of Rico Gathers and should we be getting this excited over a guy that used to play basketball? Yeah, I would tap the brakes on him as well. I mean, we, I think this is another situation where the optimism reigns here with, with Jerry and the Cowboys. I mean, this guy hasn't played football since the eighth grade. He obviously needed the redshirt season uh, last year when the Cowboys used a six-round pick on him. And I, it's going to be interesting to see how far he just, he's developed. I mean, everybody's talking about he's come a long way, but what does that look like? Has he come a long way just learning the fundamentals of the game? I mean, or, you know, is he going to be able to come in and contribute? So, I mean, it's kind of a, a, a big issue there as far as how far apart that is, where, where he falls into that. He's come a long way since junior high. I think that's what we're saying. Yeah, and that's and that's really the question, yeah. But haven't high? we all? Haven't we all come a long way with the 7th or 8th grade? Like I mean, I like so. to think I have. But we like to think who so. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's the yeah, and I'm with you on that, Brandon. You know, all of these guys, you know, just because a guy's big and athletic does not mean that it necessarily transfers. You know, and and I I think that certainly he is a worthwhile prospect for for doing this thing and a project. You know, to give it this his best shot. But I I think this is probably a multi year thing here. I, I think you know that was a good red shirt year for him last year. I think if he gets a little bit of time out on the field this year. You know, then that that could be good, but uh, but if you think that uh, at this point he's uh, you know he's going to replace Jason Witten after <laughs> after this season, I think that's a big stretch. And they, they obviously think a lot of him. They actually gave him a contract. You know, he was on the practice squad all of last year, but they yeah. gave him a contract and paid him you know the rookie minimum in the NFL. So they didn't want him to you know lose, leave to another team. Uh, so they gave him that kind of money on a practice squad. So yeah, they think a lot of him, but I just don't know how quickly he can seriously contribute. How many articles next week are going to be written about which defensive back is playing where on the practice? Oh field? man, yeah, that's going to be a big topic. Obviously, when you look at, I mean, all these rookies coming in, you got uh, you know Jordan Lewis and Chidobia Wuzie. I mean, both these guys are you know suited for inside, and then you got Skander who they ideally want to keep inside at the nickel spot. So you got all three of these guys that really are more inside cornerbacks. Now, I was talking to Joe Baker, the secondary coach, a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me that. Uh, although ideally they'd like to keep Scannerk inside, uh, Wuzier would probably start more on the outside early on, and you'll see him more in practice on the outside. So I think uh, you'll see Jordan Lewis and Scannerk more inside, and then a Wuzier, then you know Nolan Carroll, um, and some of these other guys on the outside uh, early on. And Anthony Brown obviously with another one. But Wuzier is a little bigger than those other guys, isn't he? Yeah, he's around six foot. You know, Lewis is listed at five ten. Now I was in the locker room with him. <laughs> during rookie minicamp, but I'm only 5'8", and he wasn't very much taller than I was. So I kind of questioned the 5'10 list myself. You Brandon, can always question that. <laughs> Brandon, you've been in the locker room for years. You've talked to Orlando Skandrick. I've dealt with him at times, putting a mic in his face. He's not always the most uh, pleasant individual. He can get a little prickly at times. Do you think he's going to chafe at all You know, in the coming weeks after the reports of him possibly, or the team possibly looking to deal him on draft night, as, as we read and, and listened to? Yeah, I think uh, that will be a topic of discussion. Now, he, he's addressed it already uh, with us. But, I mean, I think when you look at Skandrick, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's not on the team by the time the season kicks off. I mean, I, I uh, genuinely, genuinely uh, you know, I believe that they would like to probably move him just because they're so loaded now in the nickel spot and they, they, can, they can afford to lose him. They're trying to get younger. They're overhauled the secondary. So, I mean, like I said, it wouldn't be a shocker if they moved him. 
Uh, it was for like a mid-round pick before the uh, season started. But at the same time, uh, you know, they're going to get a chance to see these young guys, see what they have, and then probably be able to make a better decision on that as, you know, training camp gets further along. How feasible is that to get a mid-round pick for a guy his age coming off injury and with his contract? Yeah, I think you can get a mid-round. I mean, I think you get a mid-round pick for him. I mean, he's still a pretty good nickel cornerback in the league. You know, yeah, he is coming off injury, so that is something you look at. But he's not making a ton of money either. So I mean, I think you can feasibly get that. I think that that becomes you know a lot more doable in, the, in training camp when somebody's cornerback goes sure. down, and then you people start to panic a little bit. Let, yeah, yeah, leverage plays you know plays out there. Yeah, you know, here's here's my issue with that, and I and I get that you know that okay, you do have an overabundance of guys who can play the slot, uh, but Orlando. Orlando can play a little outside too, and and uh, and you know they've completely flipped this team. They've lost everything in the secondary, and I'm not. not it's not like they're losing the Mount Rushmore of, of secondaries here. So I get that, but at some point, I, I know we, we they brought in Nolan Carroll, and so I guess we think that that he's going to be the you know the veteran leader of that team. But other than that, it, it falls all on Byron Jones, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they really expect him to take a big step forward now. Uh, you know, what does that look like? I don't know. I mean, he's a guy that really he only has one interception so far in a couple of years, so they'd like to see him increase that number for sure. But at the same time, yeah, you do want some veteran presence. But, you know, does Nolan Carroll provide that? I mean, this is his first year on the team. How much can you expect from him, you know, to him to step up in that role if you do kind of move on from Scandrick? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not feeling that, man. I just. Uh, you know, I, if they had kept one of those guys, like, like if Barry Church, of course, and he got a tremendous contract. But to me, uh, uh, Barry Church would have been a good guy to keep in that team, just from a leadership standpoint, just for a guy from holding this all together. I, I just feel like that uh, no matter how athletic these guys are. You're just going to have a lot of bumps in the road this year just from all these guys, the communication of, of, of knowing where they need to be, what they need to do all the time. Yeah, it's going to be a learning curve, and I think you're right. I mean, I think they would help themselves by, you know, keeping Scander, you know, at least a year here to get these guys feet with. But at the same time, you know, they, they I think they showed their hand when they when they were, uh, you know, shopping them around during the draft. So, I mean, I think it's definitely the writing's on the wall there. Brandon, i got a question. How much juggling of your personal schedule did you have to do this week to get ready for Tony Romo's CBS broadcast debut at the Dean and DeLuca Invitational at Colonial this weekend? Yeah, not not a lot of juggling in my personal schedule. Okay, but, uh, you know it will be it will be it will be an interesting debut for him. Well, you know how far along is this guy already? I mean, I'm I'm assuming it'll just be hey, meet our new lead analyst. You know, in the booth with Nance, it probably won't be him going stroke by stroke. I mean, you're going to have Sir Nick Faldo up there, you know, holding things down next to Nancy. Yeah, I thought he had his DJ debut last week. Yes. Tony, so that was big. Yes, Mixed Master Romes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I missed that. Oh, he, he was up there with Ezekiel Elliott on the turntables. Was he really? Yes. It, uh, was, was that an after party for the Nelson? Am, am I correct in that? I want to say, uh, it, was I some, say it, was. It, it was. a It was some fundraiser. I think it was an annual fundraiser they do. I don't know about if it was connected to Nelson or not, but it may have been. Well, Brandon, awesome stuff, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you very soon, either out at the Star or maybe I'll run into you as I get coffee as I drop my daughter off uh, for dance lessons. But uh, we'll uh, definitely be reading your work as OTAs get cranked up this week. All right, looking forward to it. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, right. Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. There he goes. That's Brandon George of the Morning News. You can read his fine work either online or 
Get this, kids. You can even crack open a newspaper. Wow. How about that? Yeah, it's a blast from the past. You know, I still go out to the curb and pick mine up every morning. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the old days when I used to go out there and the Times Herald would be out there too. Mm-hmm. Pick them up and you would, you know, I was covering, you know, colleges, covering whatever it was back in those days. And I'd, I'd open up that Times Herald with like, oh my gosh, are they going to have something in here that I didn't have? Mm-hmm. And most more often than not, it was not the case. That's good. It's always well, nice. Yeah, and you know you have all the hipsters now going back and listening to vinyl records. I mean, there, sh- there, right. there should be some way for the actual tangible newspaper I, I'm, popping I'm up on the horizon. That. Maybe we can get maybe we can get newspapers on vinyl. What do you think? Well, got to do something, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you, I like it. you can do something, the listener. You can go on all our social media apparatuses and favorite and like and share the Ballsy Podcast. Tell your friends because we need as many downloads as we can get because, hey, we like to uh, share information with you. We do it on a weekly basis as we talk about all the big teams here in town. We also had a Ranger podcast this week with Evan Grant, who's live from Boston as they start a series up at Fenway. So plenty of sports talk here on the Ballsy Podcast as you make your morning commute or maybe when you're just killing time uh, trying to ignore the kids or out in the lawn. Just give it, <laughs> put an earbud in and give us a listen. Yeah, just ignore the kids. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a good practice. Thanks to Brian Engineering, Twisting and Tweaking, Making a Sound Good for Kevin Sherrington and also for Brandon George on the phone. I'm Sean Bass for The Ticket. We will talk to you later on the Ballsy Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.